So welcome to episode 10 of the Sons of the Hunt podcast. We are um, reviewing some of the footage from 2. Yeah, I've been excited about this all week, man. Looking forward to it. Yeah, so uh, this was the opening sequence that I put together. And uh, it's pretty much just a montage that would be the next step from Ghost. Um, for those of you that have seen Ghost, I, uh, you know, right at the end of it, I, uh, I caught a glimpse of a good buck on a trail camera, a really good buck, and uh, he kind of consumed my thoughts for a while, and uh, I got permission from one of the neighbors to plant a food plot, so... That was kind of my, uh, my your attempt at stacking it. the odds yeah. in your favor a bit there. And uh, yeah, he was he was definitely something else. I only had a couple of pictures of him, and I I think I knew where he was bedding because I had found a a really big bed and I knew where majority of his rubs were and usually pretty close to bedding. So just down the hill from that plot, I was lucky or uh, from his what I thought was his bed was a. Uh, a nice open piece of land uh, right just adjacent to a, a creek. Right. And uh, my plan was pretty much open it up as much as I can and uh, just kind of work this the soil with my hands and lime it and try to concentrate some kind of food there just because it was such a huge piece of property right. with no r- really concentrated food. So I thought that was my best option there, and I went with uh, – some forage greens and this is basically just bringing us into uh you know once uh i got that plot in like just like this year it seems like it's going to be fall in no time i i i have I to know, actually right? start prepping some of my plots here but what i went with was uh northridge wildlife forage uh the forage greens and uh, i had really good uh results <clears throat> excuse me with um with that blend in the past i had a lot of actually data i planted it two years in a row in plots that i didn't even hunt but i you know had p- cameras on it and sure it's it's the blend for a bow hunter because right when that first good frost hits all those you know radishes and turnips, yep, they all sweeten up sweeten and up and become that, real palatable the the it just it turns on and yeah, they'll be dough in there, and uh, that's kind of how it works. But I mean, even in the early season, it uh, it'll draw deer in. They'll they'll be eating the tops the off tops, your right, right. and whatnot. And uh, basically, that year I stayed out of it. I tried to stay out of where I was for as long as possible. And um, it was November fifth, or not November, October fifteenth, which ended up being the first night I decided to hunt it, which was, uh, well, I'll just, I'll just show you the footage. We'll let that, uh, let that play. How big was that plot that you were planting back there about? How big was that? Most of the plots that I've planted have all been the same size, like 60 yards long by 30 wide. I gotcha. So I'll just explain this here. And it was the forage greens, right? Yeah. 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 That's a, it's got a lot of good stuff in it, man. I mean, uh, like you said, the tops are real, uh, real good for the earlier season, and then uh, the uh, the radishes and the turnips and all that stuff that are in it. Uh, that's great for uh, set like the later season and into the winter months. Uh, it gives them a lot of food, right? Kind of hold them in that that beacon. You know what I mean? That's especially when you have a place like you said. There's not a lot of concentrated food. Sure, there's probably tons of browse, but you throw a big uh, chunk of you know. The forage greens out there in the middle that's kind of hard for them to resist and like you said the dough the dough show up well you know what's going to happen come rut yeah yep the dough were there the buck will be there yep hunt the dough that's it and that was pretty much it just i mean i had places on that mountain where i i would see deer at a certain time of the day so you know i had stands where i would get dough walking through there first thing in the morning Mm -hmm. and that was about it so putting this food source there there were always dough kind of just mulling around on the outside. Sure. You know, and uh, it. on top of that, there was a, a, you know, more of a reason that I, I put the plot there was because of the sign that I found around that plot. It was basically, you know, like I said, adjacent to like a little 
a little creek, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a path that kind of ran parallel to the creek. So it became pretty clear once you walked the path that Buck, you know, used that as a travel route. Sure. You know, they just cruise that during the rut. And right in this one corner where I ended up setting the trail camera up, you'll see that in the footage, um, every tree in there was just rubbed. Right. If not the year before, then freshly just that year. Yeah. And it was just, and it was right in that one corner. And uh, my my plan was to put a, a mock scrape there. Okay. And we, we talked about this. I, I forget which podcast it was, but... Uh, yeah, it was a few back. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually urinated myself. Yeah, it was the first one I ever did to start it, and it was the earliest that I ever had a buck working a scrape. And it was this video, and we'll just uh, I'll let this play. Yeah, this is this is pretty good footage of a of a buck, being, you know, pretty intensely working an area. And it's funny since since you mentioned that, I've actually seen a few posts on on social media about people using their own urine. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, wow, this there's a there's something to this, you know. Yeah. But then uh, what happens here, this is the first night that I sat there, and it was uh, there was a cold front moving in, mm-hmm. like I said. And uh, I think I had a couple doe in the plot earlier, but that well, same buck ended up showing up again. Well, and they say a, a, a large number of, you know, a good buck are taken on the first time that you sit a specific stand, yeah. the first sit. You know, there's a big theory on that, you know, that uh, your first sit might be your best sit, you know, yeah. in a certain location. So now, again, this is October of 2015. So November of 2014 was when I harvested that deer and ghost, mm-hmm. that eight-pointer. And... uh my mindset going into that season was I, I want to harvest a three-and-a-half-year-old. Sure. So with this being so early in the season and just being that I felt so good sitting over this plot, mm-hmm. and I just felt like I would I, – and honestly, I love that stand setup that I'm in there. It's a big pine tree. When you're in that stand, you're just about 30 feet over the plot because it dips down. I got gotcha. you. You know what I mean? It It is – such an awesome stand. I have this big platform stand. I think it's like the Bigfoot XL or something. It's right. a cheap stand, but oh man, it, it's just, it's in the right spot. And sure. it's just, I love sitting in it. And he's a nice buck, man. He's a good, respectable little eight pointer there. Or is he a nine? It's he's a nine, nine, yeah. Pointer, yeah. Yeah, you can see on that side. Yeah, he's got that little, uh, little kicker there. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. It was just one of those things, you know, I just, I shot a buck of that same caliber the year before and, uh, I just wasn't, I wasn't there. I had enough mm-hmm. time to look at him. It was early say, in the season. You know what I mean? You yeah, had some time to kind of mid, get, take an inventory and, there. And, uh, yeah, that was just, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't right. So that's how I made my decision there. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's the first piece of footage that I'm going to show everyone, I guess, from two. You know, this was kind of an experiment just to go through this and see how this works and how, how it edits together and if it works on, you know, a visual platform as well as an audio one like the podcast, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, I mean, there's there's a lot going on there. Absolutely. You know? And it's kind of cool, uh, a different perspective. And, again, I, I mean, I've seen Ghost, obviously, and a number of people who probably are listening to the podcast have most likely seen it. If you have not seen it, you got to check it out. Take a peek at it. It's it's uh, everything from the music to the footage. It's just really it's really something to see. So check it out because it's going to actually give you a lot of insight as to where uh, these segments are coming from. Yeah. Um, and uh, just stylistically. And uh, so yeah, go check it out. Uh, you can find it on your uh, Facebook, uh, yeah, your YouTube. Everywhere. Yeah, it's yeah, it's all, around. It's not hard to find. Get. Um, uh, yeah. The the best place to watch is on YouTube. Like yeah, if you could stream it, I, I tell everyone you know stream it to a TV if you could. Yeah, some way most most people have access. Well, the quality to it. is there for it. Yeah, you know, you know put it in full HD because it, it's full surround sound and it's you know it, it's a movie. I mean, sure, it's, it's just about an hour long. Yeah, so that's what I I tell most people you know enjoy it as as you would a movie because it tells a full story and. Uh, that's it. It's going to give It'll, you a lot of insight as to what you're trying to accomplish yeah, with this yeah. uh, through the podcast. Then it's a very unique perspective on it. So, 
it's, it's an exciting, uh, exciting little uh, project for sure. Yeah, and it, it'll, it will definitely give you more insight as to where my head's at in a lot of this footage. You know what I mean? I know, I know there's a ton of people out there that would have been happy to, to take that deer. Sure. And at a time there, you know, I might have too. And it was a perfect film opportunity. Mm -hmm. It was, it would have been a, it was a great opportunity, honestly. But it just, uh, it just wasn't right. Didn't jive with what I was trying to accomplish there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, to each their own, I guess. Sure. I mean, I was telling you earlier, I mean, it reminded me of, uh, there was a nine point that came in last year. I'm pretty sure it was a nine. It was hard to tell. It happened kind of fast. But uh, it was not a huge buck, but he he looked very similar to that one. Um, and, uh, I just kind of messed up. I, like I said, I had a chair squeak on me. I was in a ground blind and, uh, I decided to come to full draw. I still wasn't a hundred percent on whether I was going to shoot him or not, but he was really close. And, uh, I went to, came to full draw. And as soon as I went to swing my bow on him, the chair squeaked and he bolted. So uh, I missed my opportunity, but I mean, I had the camera there, but by the time I, everything happened, I, there's no way I was getting the camera on. It was either yeah. draw my bow or turn on the camera. And right. obviously I'm going to draw my bow. Right. So, uh, right. you know, it was just, I just got caught. I got caught, you know, looking a different direction. So there was a doe out behind me, behind the blind, well, pretty distant, quite a distance out. And I was watching her and I could hear the crunching of the leaves. It was the first really cold day we had yep. last year. I remember I was hunting. Yeah. All of us, all the guys from PA bow hunting were all in stands yep. texting each other like clowns. Yeah, that was a good morning. But it was, it was a great morning. And sure enough, he came, you know, crunching the leaves through the other side. And I turned around just to catch him about 25 yards coming right at me. So, yeah, you know, and if I had a chance, I probably would an arrow, let an arrow fly at him. But it was just one of those things where I wasn't a hundred percent sold. And I figured if I come to full draw, as soon as I do, I'm going to know. I'm yep. gonna know if I'm gonna let this arrow go or not, and yeah. uh, and I didn't get the opportunity, so you know it is what it is. But uh, the good news is I'm pretty sure he's still out there because I hadn't heard anything about anybody shooting a deer yeah. up there. So yeah. who knows? Maybe he'll be a you know a really nice respect. I mean, he was a respectable deer last year, but who knows? He'll be a, a much better deer yeah, this year. He'll, yeah, yeah, he'll be much more mature this year. Well, that's it. His neck and his body size is what sold me on him. You know, yeah. that's what caused me to really decide to draw on him because he was a, a good sized deer. So. Um, you know, we'll see. Maybe he's another year older this year. We'll see. Uh, maybe I'll get another crack at him. Who knows? Yeah. And, uh, it, it, you know, we, before we, uh, turned the microphones on and we started recording, we were kind of talking about that because, uh, kind of the story of two is, <laughs> I don't know. Is it, is it contradictory in a way? Sort of. I, I pass up a lot of deer. Yeah. It, that that's kind of what ends up happening. You're you're gonna see a lot of the, a lot of the deer. I mean, pretty much every encounter that I've had for the past three years, I have on film, and I'll and I'll show you each one, and it it's all situational. Exactly. And I think that I I hope that people can watch this and take something away from it in regards to it's not always about what the deer is or or how old he is or how many inches of antler he's carrying or, right. you know, whatever it is that you're basing that decision off of, it, a lot of it is situational. And I know that this sounds a little bit vague right now, but if you stick with this and you watch a couple more segments, it will... It'll start to rear its head. Yeah, you'll get it. Yeah. There's a, there's a, a bunch of good storylines that are going to come up mm-hmm. in the next, you know few episodes we, we've got a lot of content to share here and hopefully it'll get us amped up on deer season i mean i i, I was i've been reviewing the footage from two a lot recently yeah. and trying to you know cut it up and figure out how we're going to talk about it and how we're going to present it and just watching i mean i could smell the the leaves turning know, colors, right? you know what i mean yeah i've been out putting out some mineral sites the last couple of weeks and uh, i gotta go st- check some cameras uh and see if i want to move them or not so yeah it's it's time it's start it's time to start getting uh jazzed up about it you yeah. know uh, and you know, as soon as turkey season ends it that's when it kind of starts yeah. for a lot of people <laughs> yeah. uh some people it's the week before and they start going oh yeah deer season's coming isn't it it's yeah like, oh no, no. <laughs> so most of us have been already full swing for uh for weeks uh, at that point but uh yeah it's it's a good time of year you know it, it summer's a really great time to learn a lot about what the deer have been doing where they've been moving i mean it's kind of hard to not see deer trails this time of year uh, with so much greenery and everything like that you can really see where they're moving in and out of you know, right. food sources so it's a good time to learn a lot um you know great time for cameras you know uh, putting cameras up this time of year is 
is great because it, it gives you a lot of uh, a good idea of like inventory uh, how yeah. many deer do you have in what areas of the of the area you know like that, that that deer last year that i was just talking about on the another farm i hunt not too far from here about 20 20 minutes over the hill i let deer like that go all the time because i know what the goals are of that particular property right you know the landowner right. has specific goals for what kind of deer he wants taken and so i know that there's big deer there it's just a matter of getting you know in their way so right. to speak so seeing deer like that seven eight nine pointer that i would use most likely take on a different property we let them go all the time you know right. because we we understand what the goals are there and it's heavily it's way heavily more you know way more managed uh than the uh, than this one here up, up the road yeah. i mean but i'm the only one who has access to it myself and, and damien we have exclusive rights to the property which is great but we don't have i'm not going to go putting a bunch of money into food plots and stuff right. like that honestly right. i don't have to there's a really a lot of food up there already um so it's just kind of putting in some mineral sites that kind of stuff and then getting up there and hanging stands in the right place and getting in the way right you know yeah and uh yeah it's it's funny you bring that up because I was just thinking about that earlier that you know I don't it's let's say July 6th mm-hmm. I don't have a camera out I don't even have batteries in the cameras yet yeah and if anything I should just to figure out this place uh, yeah sure speaking about my house right now um but my other properties I know where I'm going to hunt I know what's going on there and right. I'm not really curious to see what's there early because once I start sitting in the stands in the right times, I'm going to see what's there. Right, right. So it, it's it, it was funny. We were reviewing some of that footage earlier, and mm-hmm. I and I got talking about how how my mindset is just totally different. Sure. In 2015, when I was sitting in that stand, and I was just you know checking cameras way too much, just relying right. on yeah. And it's not that I was really relying on cameras. At the most, the most I've ever run, I think, it was three cameras. Yeah, I'm I running think, two on a different property. Yeah, right I have now. two. I have two now. I'm probably going to set up, and and that's probably going to be about it. I'll go up. I'll check them. See, you know, I'll take my laptop with me. It's not hard to lug it in there with me in a backpack. Right. I'll just sit down, check a couple cameras. If I want to move it, I'll move it. If I don't, you know, I'm most likely moving because I'll get an idea of what's in that area. Move it to another area because once you get closer to the season, a lot of the the recon I'm doing now isn't really going to be valid. Uh, right. I, I'm just more doing inventory. Am I seeing a lot of fawns? Am I seeing more doe? Am I seeing good growth, antler growth? You know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, when I get closer to the season, I'll start to um, concentrate my cameras closer to where I want to put stands. Right. Uh, I'm not going to hang a stand over a spot. I'm hanging, I, I have a, a, a mineral spot, for, obviously. So, right. you know, right now I've got cameras on my mineral sites. I just want to see the, for inventory purposes. Now I'm going to, you know, in the next couple of months, I'll refresh the uh mineral site if it's still if it, if they're hitting it and then i'll just move my cameras to where i want to put my stands and, right. and you know i have a couple ideas where i want to put them but until you until you get a solid idea or you hang a stand there times times unfortunately a, a factor yeah. for me you know so i gotta use, use those cameras to my advantage to uh you know for scouting like a lot of people do and it's a great great uh great advantage to have uh cameras like that oh but, yeah uh, you know, just getting out to check them sometimes is a bit of a, a task. Yeah. So I like to save my, uh, you know, my to burn that time when it's hunting season. So I, if I'm going to get out there and do something, I want to go sit in a stand and try and shoot a deer, you know? Yeah. And I, I've, I've been flirting with the idea of a, a cellular camera. I just uh, I just don't know if I'm sold on them yet. And, and then to, to drop the kind of money that, that they cost. Yeah. And I, I've never had a camera stolen, but I know that once I put something out there that's three, four hundred dollars, that that'll be it. Well, and, that, and that's tough. And and the trick is with a lot of those, and you know, some people might uh, disagree with me or have more knowledge on it in regard to it. But a lot of them run off of the three G yeah. networks, and they're starting to eliminate a lot of cell services, eliminating three G and going just to four G. Yeah. I, so if your camera runs on three G and you can't upgrade that thing, well, you just spend four hundred bucks to use it for six months, and now it's worthless. Yeah. And that's that's something I've definitely been noticing that that if if I have three G on my phone, it's like, mm-hmm. well, forget it. Right. You're not making a call. Exactly. So they're starting to gear it more towards four, and a lot of them are are based off of three G. Now, there is one out there now as a newer one where you can buy one cellular camera, and you can buy satellite cameras, and all those cameras will send images to the main camera, right. and that will transmit from each. So it's kind of a better way of going about it. so you have to buy a bunch of satellite or the cellular cameras you buy one and then you buy the satellites but yeah. again you're still getting it's still not very cost effective because yeah. uh, you got a monthly a monthly fee too with those you have to pay like 
10, 20, 30 bucks a month to the cellular service to run those. So yeah, 20, on top of the fee for the camera. I think it was, it was 2014 when I got my GoPro mm -hmm. and I realized that that can set up its own Wi-Fi mm -hmm. and transmit it to my phone. Right. I emailed a bunch of camera companies and I said, hey, you should make a camera where you can set up a hub and then it sets up its own Wi-Fi. Right. And then you could hook up cameras and then you don't have to go in. And I was thinking about, you know, disturbing a certain bedding area. Or oh, yeah, yeah. Something yeah. along those lines. And uh, I didn't hear back. Yeah. Well, guess what? <laughs> guess what? <laughs> Someone heard you. Oh, well. They're, they're but, doing it. But yeah. it's 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 a cool idea. I think um, Cuddyback's the one on that right now, isn't it? It might be. I'm not sure. I just saw the advertisement. I saw it the other day too. Ago. Yeah, it was like set up a trail camera network or something yeah. like that. And I was like, oh, that's a great idea. It is. It's a cool <laughs> idea. It helps you keep you out of the areas. You know, like you said, you don't want to go into like a uh, if you set up like a little sanctuary area in your bedding or something yeah. like that. You don't have to keep on going in there and stinking mm -hmm. up the joint. Um, I kind of like going out and checking them. Um, but again, yeah. it all depends on the time of year. Right now, I'm not worried about stinking it up because, well, I got a lot of time. You yeah. know, and again, someone may beg to differ with me, but you know, I'm I'm pretty familiar with the areas that I'm in. So as long right. as I stay out of there, you know, usually around the end of August, I'm done. I'm done. And then yeah. I then now it's now I'm rolling the dice, you know what I mean? Because I'm not gonna go messing around with some of my areas. I like to keep it clean for at least a month uh before the season opens, if not more. But uh I'm still not opposed to going and walking around in there and checking cameras. I mean, right. I sprayed down as much as much as that helps. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I I don't know. I, I everything has just changed so much for me in the past two years. Yeah. I I feel like two years ago I would be you know chomping at the bit every two weeks to go look. Right, and that was like me holding off, saying like, nope, don't don't go check yeah, yeah, it, yeah. don't go. And now it's like I don't even have the cameras out. Cause, yeah. I mean, you know, if you're hunting the right spot year after year, you know where bucks are going to be cruising during the rut. And that's kind of – that's I, – I don't know. I just feel like I that's have it. just such a simple game plan once the rut comes. It, I honestly don't feel like I really need to put cameras out back here. And I know I keep looking back here and no mm -hmm. one knows or can see that I'm looking back here, but it's like right in my backyard and – uh that's kind of the spot I've been thinking about, and I, I just, I really don't feel like I need to have cameras there. And right. I think it, it would be something else, though, you know, if, you know, I put these food plots in and I, I figure out a little bit of a travel pattern in the back. When that buck walks out, the right one, and you know it, and you never saw him, and I, I don't know. I think we have to get back to that. Yeah, honestly. yeah. I mean, the whole point of a, of a trail camera is it's a, it's a tool to get an idea of wh where to where you want to focus most of your attention. Once you figure it out, you really don't need them anymore. No. You know, the the um, Clifford property that I hunt, we really don't need to put cameras. Now, the landowner just loves to see what's out there. Yeah. He's a big fan of trail cameras. He yeah, just loves the pictures. So that's why he's got them out yeah. there. He doesn't need them. But he still loves them, you yeah. know. And that's just it's like it's a hobby. That's that's awesome because I love going up and sitting at his dining room table and you know filtering through, through pictures with him. It, it's exciting. Yeah. Um, but the the property that we're it's just over the hill here. I mean, I'm still trying to figure it back out. Like I said, we've hunted it years ago, but there's been a lot of changes taking place up there since uh, since we hunted it before. So we're just trying to get it figured out again. And that's where uh, these mineral sites are coming in because well, obviously the doe are, are uh, can really use the the extra boost at this time right. of year with uh, with the doe, I'm sorry, with the fawns, um, they're nursing and whatnot. And, you know, it doesn't hurt to put a little extra, you know, growth on the antlers of the, that makes them a little bit stronger, a little bit more disease resistant, that type of stuff. Yeah. It makes them healthier all around. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, the, the cameras are a good way to see where they're moving. I mean, what part of the property am I going to really focus on when I go to hang a stand, you know? I have no stands hung up there at all. Uh, I have ideas. I hung, I, I was using a climber last year. Yeah. I wouldn't pick a spot go up climb up and nothing okay this is not a see, maybe not that, a great spot see that's never a, a tactic that i i really adopted carrying a stand or oh, even, i hate it yeah it just <laughs> i just don't i i just can't get on board with it. it it's pretty much if you're gonna do something like that then you need to have the wind right because you're gonna get sweaty oh absolutely and then it, absolutely if the wind's wrong then you're gonna definitely mm -hmm. get winded so yep i, I saw one spike buck and i saw a couple of doe 
um, out in the field behind me. That was really all I saw, which is weird. I didn't think I'd see them because that's exactly the way the wind was blowing. So, I mean, they eventually got me, but it took them yeah. a lot longer than I thought it would have to, yeah. to catch my wind. Right. Uh, because I did. I lugged a, a 25-pound stand on my back plus camera gear plus my bow, all that stuff. You know what I mean? It was, you know, you, you work up. And it's early season. You're sweating, man. Yep. So, yeah. And th- this year I have a, a, a and that stand's not safe anymore. I've had, it was an old man climbing tree stand. Ooh. Loved that stand, <laughs> man. When it when I was using it back in the day, it was great. But uh, it's it's old. It's yeah. The O L in old man is really coming to fruition because it's an old stand and it's clunky, and it's just not safe anymore. So I'm, I'm yeah. I've retired it. It's actually sitting on my front porch right now. It, my wife's been yelling at me for weeks. Is old man tree stand the one that had all the the lawsuits against them? Oh, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. It's does, like, that, does it have a wooden platform? No, no, no. It's a metal platform, but the the seat is all netting. It's like a black netting, which yeah. is actually really comfortable. Um, I, and I I shot a few deer out of it. It was a good stand back then, but now it's just too heavy, and I'm too old for that crap, man. You know, to be dragging stuff like yeah. that around, and it, nothing was, you know, made me realize that more than last year when I dragged that thing all the way up over the top of this big giant field over the hill down into the woods. Yeah, and then climbed a tree yeah. with it. Yeah, it it really uh, took its toll on me. But uh, this year I have a a hawk a hawk tree stand that has multiple brackets. So you can go hang brackets in different trees. Right, right, right. You just bring in the stand and you just move it from tree to tree to whatever bracket. So um, I liked it. I used it last year a little bit and I really I really liked it because it's not a heavy stand at all. I think it weighs 13 pounds. Right. So it's not heavy. Um, you know, once I get into a spot that I like, I'm probably just going to leave it there and just pull the sticks down. Yeah. Um, because it's not my property. And again, I'm not too concerned about it, but it's always in the back of my head. I've had stands stolen. If anybody has ever had a stand stolen on them, it makes you think every time you leave that stand, (laughs) it makes you think, man, should I be leaving that here? You know, especially, you know, that hawk wasn't cheap. So, uh, I'm hesitant, but now I think it's more of a leave the stand there and just pull, you know, two of the four sticks I'm going to have going up to it. Just pull the last two sticks off. Yeah. And uh, you're pretty good. You know, if they really want to go through that much to get it, well, more power to you. You earned it. (laughs) Yeah, I think I've only had one stand stolen ever. Yeah. And it it wasn't – we we were still on our property, but it was, I don't know, I guess close enough that (laughs) the neighbor didn't like it. Mm -hmm. And that stand disappeared. And it's like, all right, well, I know you have it, but I don't know, people, man. Yep, nah, that's 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 one of the downsides to it. You gotta deal with uh, deal with jerks, but you know, yeah, that's how it goes. It yeah, but that brings us pretty close to to half hour on the first side. I mean, uh, oh yeah, how about it? Yeah, that first that first part was kind of feeling that out, seeing how that goes. It wasn't you know super action packed. I can promise you, the next one will have a lot more action. Uh, and the storyline will start to progress that we we didn't really get into it at all. It's a good little teaser. It's a good little teaser, and and it'll give you an idea. And again, we're just setting the stage for something that's very unique. Um, and I mean, I don't know. You know, I listen to a couple different podcasts. I know Mark listens to uh, some of the ones we, we we listen to some similar ones, but we have different ones that we each listen to. And some friends of ours listen to different ones. We're always getting messages. Hey, did you hear this one and that one? So there's a lot of different podcasts out there, and. Uh, you know, this isn't something that you're going to see a lot of. Uh, you might, you know, I, I don't, I've never see, listened to every podcast. I haven't seen everyone out there, but this is something that's pretty unique that uh, I'm pretty excited about. Uh, it's a really neat little project that we're kind of piloting here. So I think it's going to yeah. do, I think it's going to do well. So stay tuned, stick with us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll wrap it up there because, uh, I could go, go on in, in depth and give you a million different reasons why I decided <laughs> to cut it up, but We'll just end it there, and we will come back and uh, for something I've been. This is part two Ooh. of why I've been so excited this yeah. week. So there's another part coming up. So uh, stay tuned for part two because this is gonna be cool. Chomping at the bit for part two, no doubt. So let's take a break. All right, sounds good. We're back, indeed, for something I have been waiting. Jeez, did I have it last week? 
Um, you had it last week, but not last podcast. It came after the last podcast we did. Right. Okay. We were supposed to do it last week. We were going to try and do it outside in the rain and everything kind of happened. So. so can I just speak to the self-control that I have shown <laughs> over the past two weeks? You're having, a better man than having I Having this beer in my refrigerator. And I am speaking about the Anchorage Brewing Company Kuyu Vias Double IPA. How about it? Got my hands on some. Yep, that there's been a little through. bit of a couple of uh, social media blips coming from Sons of the Hunt on uh, yeah. Instagram, Facebook. There was a couple of little uh, teasers. <laughs> I, I just threw the bone out, though, because he's going to come and chew it right by my feet. and It's, <laughs> it's audible. He's got to become the mascot. Can you not right now? Give me that. And now he's going to beat the wall. Mm-hmm. Go... I'm not playing with you right now. Go lay down. I don't know. I don't think it'll be. Yeah, he's like the. It's not going to worry anybody. It's going to. He's good. Yeah, he's creating ambiance. That's it. It's like but, the crickets. I'm ready to try this beer. Yeah, I, I I gotta be honest with you. I got a little bit of a preconceived notion. I, I I'm hoping it's not gimmicky. Um, but I don't know. I we'll see. I've got an open mind when it comes to it. So. So right off right off the bat, I mean. It smells great. It does. It's got a sweet smell to and it. I, and I think the fact that they just skipped right over just brewing a regular old IPA. Like, I will admit I'm a little bit of a fanboy when it comes to this this pattern, the Vias. I don't know why. I just I just think it looks cool. I, it, it's, yep. it's camo. It's pretty plain, but I think it's awesome. And the fact that they went with my favorite style beer right off the mm-hmm. bat is like, Go big or go home, man. I kind of like to think that they made it for me. <laughs> I don't think, but anyway, hey man, boy can dream. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sip this. Yeah, beer. I'm, I'm with you. Here. Moment of silence there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I was way wrong. <laughs> that is so good. That's really good. That's smooth too. There's no. Uh, there's really no bite afterwards. Mm-hmm. I gotta take another sip. I think that smooth is the first word yeah. that pops into my head immediately. Big time. Um, I don't know. It's gotta... You know anything about it as far as like IBUs or any of that stuff? Nope. Nothing. Uh, I, I would have to wager uh, low Wait. 60s, high 50s. Yeah, it's it definitely not high IBU. It's a pretty, pretty good representation of a double IPA. Nice and hazy. Yeah. You know, it looks like uh, almost like a, a, a light glass of orange juice. I mean, it's thick. It's like definitely hazy. Yeah, good stuff. Definitely like a New England style, or I guess. Wow, I am impressed, man. New England American IPA. I don't know. Well done, Anchorage Brewing Company. Yeah, it's just Kudos. Uh, now I'm trying to just pinpoint what kind of flavors they've got going on in it. It's definitely got a sweetness to it. Maybe like mm. pineapple. Yeah, I could see pineapple. I don't know. It's. I mean, you can definitely tell it's an IPA as soon as you get it in your mouth, you know. But it's. Uh, it's not. It, it's a little. It's not very typical. I guess would be the best way to describe it. It's a definitely a, a unique, unique flavor. I'm really. I'm really enjoying this, man. Yeah. I was kind of hoping it wasn't like a gimmicky thing, you know. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, I don't know. I can't think of a good. Uh, a good analogy, but uh, some companies will put something out that they have nothing to do with every once in a while just to get their their brand on something mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. and totally botch it not the case here no this is as solid a a double ipa as i've as i've had i think i mean i i I don't know it's like such a mystery because there's i don't think that it no the the can doesn't really say anything about the the flavors they use it's got a little bit of a like a tartness to it like it's it's it starts off sweet then it gets tart it's a cool can too. I mean, the camel pattern is awesome. It's yeah. definitely a good representation of the brand. Yeah. And it looks like I, it was like a sticker. Maybe they just rolled on there or something. Oh, that's yeah. Pretty cool. Like I bet you if you tried hard enough, you get that sticker off there. You put it on your wall in there and you dry. <laughs> I think I'm just gonna clean the can out and keep the can that yeah. way because it's cool. They have the. It is a really cool Anchorage can. Brewing. Yeah. Came in a really cool box too. They have their own shipping boxes. Oh, yeah, man, that's really just, good stuff, man. I'm, 
Kuyu Ultralight Hunting, Specialized Hunting Apparel and Equipment. It's just kind of like one of the taglines on the side of the can there. Man, it's just... I Brewed and canned at Anchorage Brewing Company in Anchorage, Alaska. That alone makes it cool. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, that's impressive. Wow. I'm, I gotta say, I'm impressed. You know what? It, it reminds me of just a little bit maybe this is a little off base is that the that Ithaca pulp addiction that we had oh yeah, yeah that yeah. one yeah I do that was that was good that one might have a little bit more uh fruitiness to it yeah that was a little bitey too that one not not too much but yeah more, not like this this is, this is super smooth I yeah. bet I, I I would almost guarantee that honey is used in this in in some that's a good enough yeah, that's, that's a good answer some I don't know some way because just because I think that when beers tend to be as smooth as this one, there's you, honey is usually involved. Yeah. In it some is. Regard. It's smooth. It's got a sweetness. It's not like too sweet to where it's like you can. I know my 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 wife likes to drink uh, ciders and stuff like that. Right. And I can I can drink one, but that's about it. I can't yeah. drink more than one because they're just too sweet for me. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's kind of getting back to the old '90s and rocking some Zimas. You know. <laughs> yeah. Out for a limited <laughs> but, time. Uh, yeah. Right. But uh, uh, this, this is really good. This is not too sweet. It's uh, not too bitey. It's a good, real happy medium. See, and it, this to me is very unique because you would think that uh, you think double IPA, you definitely think of like that, like dark amber mm-hmm. color. This is more golden hazy, yeah. like like yellowy. I, I don't, I don't want to give it just a, a color like that, but I would say it definitely tends to be more on the the paler side than than darker amber. Agreed. Yeah. You know. Just definitely hazy. This is I good. mean, man, I'm telling you, I, I, people listening to this, if they've listened to all these podcasts, they're going to start setting us up with sponsors. I mean, <laughs> I think we've got a problem because yeah. we haven't found a beer that we don't yeah. like just yet. And, and not 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 like a real. We're not talking about sponsorship. We're talking about <laughs> people who help you get over your problems. Sponsorship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we. It's. It. I tell you, we've been fortunate. A lot of the beers that we've tried have been very good. Yeah, it just kind of uh, speaks volumes for a lot of the people out there who take this seriously. And uh, I mean, I've had some very bad ones, um, but not here on the podcast. I've tried yeah. a few out at some bars or something like that. You know, go for dinner and try one. And uh, I've had a few disappointments, but uh, none so far uh, since we've been doing this. Yeah, and the the only thing uh, I would I'll critique us is that we we're IPA double IPA guys. Maybe we'll start. We'll have to start venturing out into like the stouts and yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll drink one every once in a while, but I'm not a, a huge fan of them. Like, obviously, uh, double IPA is my favorite craft beer mm-hmm. style. Um, I like what I guess it's popular now the juicy, hazy yeah. double IPAs. My, and, my nope. first uh, attempt with or experience was a Stone IPA back in the late '90s. Uh, a friend a of mine got IPA. me into them. Yeah, great IPA. And uh, he he started making his own, but uh, he's the one who got me into it. Like the the rogue, uh, some of the rogue, um, right? Uh, different brews, and they they were really good. And th- but again, those were ones we would have one or two. It's not the kind of stuff you want to play pool with, drinking a bunch of them at you know a buddies right. the night or uh, you know a cornhole tournament. You definitely don't want to be knocking back a bunch of IPAs. You're going to find yourself face down in the grass somewhere. Yeah. Um, yep. But yeah, these are great sipping beers. Uh, especially for something like this sitting mm-hmm. back having a conversation that's why i think we gravitate a lot towards these beers um but i'm, I'm a big fan man I've, I've been a big fan since like 98 99 of the ipas but i never really delved into uh, you know i didn't even know what an ibu was until we started doing these you right know? so yeah i wasn't really too keen on that that side of it. i just if it tastes good i drink it yeah and it, it for as popular as it kind of seems yeah it's not as popular as i I think we think it is maybe because you know I, I talk to a lot of people and there's like, oh craft beer why 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 do you drink that and it, it's just because of there's so many different flavors mm-hmm. out there like and they're so unique each one and just has their own profiles and yeah I mean there's just so many different ones to try yeah and I, and, think, I think craft beer fans have gotten a little bit of a stigma lately yeah, too. They, there's a little bit of a, a, a sass there yeah like. <laughs> beer nerds yeah but hey whatever i mean you know i I could say the same thing about wine you know i love wine um whiskey yeah whiskey's the same i mean it's essentially the same thing exactly we're sitting around uh, describing the different hints of aromas Mm -hmm. we're getting from it i mean it it is pretty dorky a little bit (laughs) i'm okay with it though yeah i'll i'll subscribe to that dorkiness uh 
any any day of the week for sure. But this I mean, is, especially with this, this is impressive, man. Yeah, I'm almost embarrassed that I felt the way I did about it before we tasted yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, it. Not only did they create a beer for another brand, they crushed it. Yeah, it, they did it, a good it, job. it's. I mean. I I don't want to go crazy and say it's you know the best beer I've ever had, but it is. It's up the top there. Yeah, it's very good. Man, impressed. Uh, just underline that because yeah. uh, I, I mean, I gotta be honest with you. I, mean, I wasn't certain that it was going to be any good. <laughs> Not that it was going to be bad. Yeah. But I I wasn't one hundred percent certain that it was going to rank. You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah. Mm-hmm. How about that? That's uh, good stuff. But we're we're we're, we're not still talking about it, and I'm almost done with mine. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's uh, the, my cans, and usually, you know, it's it's the big can. It's the mm-hmm. uh, what are these, these are sixteens, right? Um, I, I'll be honest with you, I'm not certain, but I would have to. I would wager at least that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, usually takes me a little while. Mine's empty already. But if this was widely available, this would be a go-to for me, without a doubt. You know, uh, I'm trying to think some some of the go-tos that you know, if, if there's nothing new there, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of a lot of the beer I find myself falling back on, like Dogfish Head, like the Liquid Truth Serum. Sure. They just started sure. putting that in the the pounder cans. I I call them the pounders yeah, yeah. just because you know that's what they used to be. And now they started putting craft beer in them, which was you know genius. Right. But. Uh, yeah, selling four packs. Yep, I've been real big on the Nimble Giant lately. Oh yeah, uh, from yeah. Trogs. Yeah, I bought a. I think you you probably saw. I bought a case, a of, case that of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When that came out, that that is a great beer. This, this ranks right up there with Nimble Giant. I would say. Oh, agreed. Yeah, this is actually I kind of like this a little better. Yeah. And I like Nimble Giant. It it's everything is so balanced in this beer. It it feels like like there's. I agree with pineapple, and honey. Yeah. There's something else in there that's giving it like a little bit of a tartness. Maybe it's like a little bit of grapefruit. Maybe. And like I said, you know, a guy who hates grapefruit, that's I'm I'm down. This is good but stuff. I mean, j- just to smooth out the sweet with the tart, and mm-hmm. it's it's well rounded. Yeah, they did a hell of a job. Yeah. Yeah. Kudos, kudos. Unbelievable. Very good. So uh, that's our raving review. A little bit on uh, on on Kuyu Vias Double IPA. Yeah, that's pretty uh, from Anchorage Brewing Company. Yeah, I'm impressed, man. I didn't see that coming. No. I'm glad I had an open mind about it. Like, I was like, you know, yeah, I'll give it a shot. Let's see. Maybe it'll be good. Yeah, well, it was. Yeah, absolutely. It is. But now we should probably talk about something outdoors related, <laughs> which we didn't really even plan on anything. We were we were thinking about doing a live session, but I wanted to uh, to record this for Anchorage and put a, put up a little video for them. Which we probably will do. Yeah, I'm glad I liked it. <laughs> that would have yeah, been right, an awkward video, right? huh? Yeah. Talk about right. uh, something forced. Yeah. Um, no, no, it was very, very, very well done. I gotta say, I'm, I'm a big fan of it. Well, I, you know, when I was on my way up here earlier, um, you know, I saw that all those your your friendly neighborhood turkeys were hanging out. In oh the yeah. Way. Yeah, uh, that's a, an interesting discussion we had there. Uh, it was the first time the other day that I actually saw a Poult. Mm-hmm. They were sitting in the driveway on the blacktop warming up. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing, man. You know, we were talking earlier that not a lot of people are seeing Poults. I mean, I haven't seen any. Um, I'm not around a lot of turkey habitat where I between where I work and where I live. But uh, you know, I've, a lot of uh, social media posts I've seen people are asking the same question: Has anybody been seeing Poults? I'm not seeing them. I'm not seeing yeah. them. So it's good to know that you're seeing them up here. Um, you know, I'd like to see maybe I'll, you know, catch some on trail camera, uh, you know, when I go and check them, because usually I do see a lot of turkeys. Actually, we see more turkey than deer on our trail cameras, but there's a lot of turkey up at that property, uh, fortunately. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's been an interesting observation that, uh, you know, when you start seeing people asking that question, you know, it's starting to become a bit of an issue for a lot of people. Yeah, that's, and and that's statewide too, because yeah. where I'm, the, where I'm monitoring that the most is, uh. On the what is that the Pennsylvania hunters the clothes group what is yeah, that yeah, one yes yeah, yeah yeah it seems like somebody almost daily posts yeah. something about that and uh, like I said the other day in the driveway was the first time that I saw Poults this year yeah 
and uh, now up here that that that's you know kind of odd to hear because you've got so many and you're well, right you're right in their wheelhouse here yeah you know what I, I mean, mean I, I pretty much am a guest for the turkeys here right, right there's there's a group of six hens running around together in the yard they're they're running all over you know I'll go that down the driveway mm-hmm. they'll be dusting themselves in that little patch of woods down there no poults there's yeah. one hen with poults here no kidding it, it's not good Disney. yeah it, that that stinks. Well, you know, you're gonna have good years and bad years. Um, three years ago, we had a really good year. Um, yeah. That with with uh, with the pole production and the recruitment, and uh, and it, and it turned into a couple of good good hunting seasons. You know, um, but you know, it's gonna it's gonna a lot of the pole production depends heavily on not only your predators but your your raccoons, your your possums, uh, your fishers. You know, these are the animals that raid the nests and you know skunks. They yeah. eat the nests, you know. Eat, so if you have a, you know, a, a big upswing, in the that population, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna put a, a beating on the the, the pole population if they even get the hatch. And then once they hatch, you got red tail hawks. Uh, you know, the peregrine falcons are making a big comeback now in the area. You yeah. Have these these raptors that are picking them off in the field. And, you know, I've seen a, a few videos of, of hens when they sound the alarm, yeah. And how the poults react. It's really something to see. Um, you know, they've got it down, but even, even with that type of, uh, behavior, I mean, they got to get picked off, you know, Fox, Coyote, Bobcat, you name it. You know, there's yeah. a lot of, a lot of adversity out there for a young Turkey. Uh, even, you know, uh, just from just dying off from, if you want to call it a natural cause. You know? Well, I, I, th- I think what hurt us this year was definitely the, the, the rain yeah it you know, was brutal for them to try for nesting season it was a really especially in our area i mean i don't know about the rest of the state i would wager that they saw some similar uh weather and uh some similar issues that route but i mean it's really hard for them to uh i would imagine it would be hard for them to, to nest with the weather the way it was it was cold it was rainy yeah um it and was it, very challenging they didn't really have very optimal weather i mean it didn't green up really uh until a little bit later so yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. Who knows? I mean, there's a million different reasons why, uh, why the, the the. I mean, who knows? Maybe we're just not seeing them. I mean, I like to think that they're out there. We're not seeing them, but it, it's a, it's a hard thing to think that uh, they took such a beating this year. But that happens, you know. There's upswings. There's downswings. Right. You know? Right. I mean, now we've got the the uh, the fawns are starting to come out of their into their little safe safe zone, if you will. You know, out of the, from from predators. Yeah. Yeah. The. Uh... The fawns are, are definitely getting a little bit more brazen, especially mm-hmm. around here in the yeah. yard. You know, they're running around the yard. like Yeah, they're starting to get some wheels now. You yeah. know what I mean? You know, the the first, usually, what, six to eight, six, between six and nine weeks, I think, up to nine weeks, I think, as they say, is uh, where they're most vulnerable to predators. And then once they hit that nine-week mark, then uh, they're, they've got a little bit of wheels to them. They can run. They can get yeah. away. They can evade. Um, you know, it's... Uh, it's a pretty interesting thing the way that works out. I mean, you figure they're mostly born what end of May, beginning of June is when the big fawn drop happens. Like right. during that, say that you know ten day period or something. It's funny because it's right between Mother's Day and Father's Day, mm-hmm. which is kind of neat that all the all the right. deer population is pretty much refreshed right between Mother's Day and Father's Day is when they drop right. all the fawns. Uh, but that's when they really become um, vulnerable to to predators. Uh, it's, I mean, they're born with zero scent, which is kind of interesting. You know, elk, deer, that yeah. kind of thing. They're born so that, you know, it's a kind of a defense mechanism. And the fact that they don't move. I mean, you can walk right over a fawn and they won't run. Uh, so between the not moving and no scent, it's, it's a little bit of a challenge for them to get picked off. But they still do. They still get them. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's one of the reasons why people should not touch fawns. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Don't do it. I, I was obviously in the, in the position where I had one pretty close to me. Sure. You know, uh, I think it was born in the yard. Mm-hmm. And as much as you want to, there's, I there's know. you it's, know. It's tough. It's tough, you know. And there's, uh, you know, there, there's a, a good way to actually tell if a fawn has been left and hasn't eaten in quite a while is the tips of their ears will flop over. So really? they'll get like a bend in the tips of their ears is when they're malnourished. So no if, way. Yep. So if you see one that's got floppy tip ear tips, well, you know, odds are it hasn't eaten in quite some time. So it may have been abandoned. The mother may have been hit by a car, uh, something of that nature. So, you know, that's the only time you'd want to maybe intervene 
Um, right. But if if it looks healthy and its ears are straight up and down, odds are if the mother's not there, it's because it's out feeding and it'll be back. Um, and if you go and pick one up, now it smells like you. Yeah. And a predator walking by, it's going to go, well, it doesn't smell like a deer, but it smells like something. Let me go right. see what that is. And then right. that's how they get you know snatched up. And you see these trail camera pictures of coyotes walking through with a, a fawn in their mouth or a bear or whatever. Um, you know, there's a lot of... A lot of things that prey on them, but uh, as far as the like the uh, the the kill rate or the death rate of, of of the fawns, I mean that's like as far as deer overall, not just fawns. I think that's like the fifth or sixth cause of death. I mean it's not really up there. I thought that predators would have a lot more of an impact on them than they do. Um, not that they don't have a big impact, but um, right. you know, as far as deer overall, not just fawns, you know that's like the fifth or sixth in the line of reasons why you die you know yeah which is pretty wild that it even ranks up there that's it you know and it is it's it's definitely in the top 10 no question but you know they don't really mess with adult adult uh deer you know they will but they think that there was a study i think penn state did a study where about one percent of all the collared deer adult deer that they found killed were from predators so it's like one percent that's yeah it's a pretty small small chunk right pretty wild uh, uh, it's just you know stuff like that just blows my mind you mm-hmm. know especially uh the bobcat thing you know you I, i've heard more and more stories the past couple of years about people actually witnessing bobcats attacking deer oh yeah on trail cameras and that that to me i mean when you think about it you would never think that they're a number one predator of I deer know, right? in the area but Apparently they are. Oh, they're nasty, man. Uh, a full-size male bobcat, you figure 25, 30 pounds, you know, that's a big bobcat. Yeah. You, know, you think of a, a, a doe, a, probably a yearling or a two-year-old doe, they're like 90 pounds. Yeah. You think, man, a bobcat would have a hard time taking them down. They do it all the time. Yeah. It's crazy. I actually saw a video not too long ago where a bobcat, guy was filming it, the bobcat had killed a spike buck. And it was sitting on it, and another deer came through, and it attacked that deer as well. Crazy. And it's like, wow. I mean, and they're powerful. Now, listen, I have a house cat at home, and I've played around with that house cat, and he's got me a few times. Yeah. And every time he does, I think, man, if he was four times bigger than he is right now, (laughs) I would not want to tangle with him. Yeah. I mean, you've gotten in scuffles with your dog, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Right, where you got to. You know, sometimes pin them down or, sure. or show some dominance. Like, and then you think about like a coyote if you yeah. actually do it. Yeah, I mean that's it, man. They're a wild animal that, you know, a house dog is fun is one thing, but a wild animal that like survives in the wild and has to kill to eat and that kind of thing. You gotta think that they've got a little bit more of a mental toughness to them. Um, and yeah, I wouldn't want to tangle with a yeah, bobcat. Like, I wouldn't want to tangle with a coyote. No, it's like know? fighting a trained boxer. Yeah, you know. Yeah. It's, even though he's yeah. you know 80 pounds lighter than me he's still probably gonna kick my butt <laughs> yeah i always like to have that uh you know that campfire drunken discussion how many coyotes do you think you take on yeah i don't i wouldn't want to find out and i mean i i like to think i could take on one or two of them because i'm that much bigger and i'm smarter yeah but i i but, uh yeah, you got to commit, man. You've you know got to commit to that. <laughs> the, the way that they end up taking down deer, uh, mm-hmm. I've seen a couple different like series of trail cam pictures. Mm-hmm. It seems like they pretty much just rip their hindquarters That's to shreds, yep. rip them off. And they, it, they take their wheels out. <clears throat> so think about it, if you are if you were fighting a bunch of coyotes and you were beating a couple off here, uh, like pushing them off you, like two here, and then one of them was just grabbing at your back. And <laughs> ripping your, you know, your tail off pretty right. much. I wanted to bring this up because we're talking about it. Um, there's a woman. Her name is Dee Dee Phillips. She, uh, I'm trying to think of where she was from. I just looked it up. Hart County, Georgia. She killed a bobcat with her bare hands recently. Dee Dee Phillips? Yep. She was attacked by a bobcat. Um, I don't know what she was doing, but nonetheless. Um, is this her? Let me see. I'm trying to think. Of, I don't have a picture of her, but I just kind of looked up the story on uh, on my phone because I saw the I saw the social media. Um, I'm not sure. Forty six year old woman strangles rabid bobcat after after the animal attacked her in her yard or something like that in her front yard in Georgia. Yeah, and uh, and she pretty much 
pinned it to the ground and strangled it and killed it. So, you know, it, it can be done. Bobcat? Bobcat. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to tangle with a bobcat, man. Uh, they just, man, they're gnarly little buggers. And I've seen some big ones in the wild. I've got a couple of them on film just kind of coming yeah. through, checking out my turkey decoys. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I wouldn't want to mess with one. But, I mean, you got to think, if you're bigger and you're stronger. You think about just how sharp their claws are. Like their they, claws, their teeth. You know, oh, I, there hurt. was another video recently where uh, a guy pulled a bobcat off another guy's dog. They were fighting. The a bobcat attacked his dog. And he grabbed the bobcat, and when he picked it up by the back of its scruff, he went to throw it. And as soon as he let go of it, it spun around and spun got him around. by the hand. Yeah. And, man, it made a mess of it. Had to tear him open. Yeah, it got him pretty good. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're just wild little buggers. But, yeah. yeah, so just talking about that reminded me. There's, a, yeah, the woman, she, she held it down and strangled it to death in her yard. So you can imagine. I mean, it can be done. I wouldn't know what I want. I don't know that I'd want to try. <laughs> yeah. Me but, neither. you know, I guess it would depend on the situation. If I was with my kids, that's a whole different ball game. But you know what? I wouldn't, I don't think I'd have to. I'm always armed. Every time yeah. I go in the woods, if I'm bow hunting, I've got a sidearm. Yeah. If I'm out hiking with my kids, I've got a sidearm. If I'm walking my dog, I've got a sidearm. You know, yeah. it's just, it pays to be prepared, I guess. Yeah, I should carry more and I, I, I don't, I don't in the woods. Yeah, I, I usually constantly. I've come, I've had too many bear encounters not to. Yeah, last year I had a I had a pretty close one. I I remember uh, <laughs> I was Snapchatting at the time because I was trying to to film as much of my uh, mm-hmm. my little rutcation as I could. Right, right. And I just turned it off because I, I I crossed a creek and I was walking up through this big hillside of pines mm-hmm. and it was just like a big dead hillside well and it's not that it was dead but you know did you ever walk like a big pine forest yeah sure where it's just like there's not really much going on and it's quiet mm-hmm. and i i heard like the like the yep. huff, and I, I i i could walk through that that pine forest without a light even though it's dark sure there's like really no branches and i i popped on uh i have a trophy ridge quiver mm-hmm. that has a light on it sure yeah i've got the same one it's a great little, great little unit. It is. It's awesome. I popped on the the light and it hit it. It was, it was probably like fifteen yards away. Yeah. But luckily enough, as soon as he noticed me, he was gone. Yeah. Because nine I, times out of ten, that's what's going to happen. Man, that could have been bad. Like, sure, sure. They'll boogie. They don't want anything to do with you. It's the it's the females with cubs. Man, they're trouble. Man, they're trouble. Yeah. I, uh, you know, my buddy Frank and I years ago, we were uh, up in Wayne County, just scouting around uh, this one part of, of this lake. I didn't remember the name of the lake. It was a long time ago. And uh, we were going to try deer hunt up there. And we just got done commenting about how much bear sign we were seeing. Yeah. And there was a, a section where two logging roads kind of came together. Well, we were on the left logging road, and just on the, the, the other side, there was a female with three cubs. And we didn't realize until we kind of came where the road came together, we just cut across that little A section there to get over to the other road. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize bears kind of bark like dogs a little bit. They have yeah. this sound, this this huffing, this yeah. loud huffing, grunting it's like sound. Like guttural. That they yeah, and and we heard that, and um, and we had never heard it before. And I'm like, what the hell was that? And he's like, you know, what? I don't know. It sounds like a dog. So we walked out into the open, and as soon as we did, here's the female. She kind of charged us a little bit. She ran about ten yards, stopped, and was coming up on her hind legs and slamming her front legs down, like stomping. Yeah. And then we realized there was cubs in the tree and they shimmied down uh, and took off and then she turned around and followed them. But crazy. You know, that was the first encounter I had with a bear. And I've had a few where they had one actually run me run after me. And Ooh. uh I you know, I've had them false charge me before and I was convinced that's what was gonna happen, but I ran like a schoolgirl. Yeah, play, yeah. play dead, not happening, man. No. I ran like <laughs> crazy. And I ran over the top of this hill, and I stopped, and I turned around, and I saw her come up over the top of the hill. I'm assuming it was a female. It was spring, and, and she came to the top of the hill, and then she started down the hill behind me, and I was like, holy crap, and I ran again. And, uh, yeah, that freaked me out. Uh, so, you know, I, I, don't, I don't go out without carrying. I'm just – I had a neighbor of mine just attacked by two pit bulls two weeks ago oh, over man. in my neighborhood. So, uh, you know, you can't risk it. You know, I got little kids, I've got dogs. You just can't risk that kind of thing. So I, yeah. I, I carry as often as I can. Yeah. Nothing wrong with being, track, but being prepared, man. Well, no, that's it, man. You know, you, you just, anymore, it's just it's too, too, too many issues out there, too many variables. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, 
hopefully uh, we get a, a good recruitment with uh, with Fawn. I think that's how we started this conversation. <laughs> turkey <laughs> poults. <laughs> turkey poults, yeah. Now we're talking about shooting bears or something. Yeah. I don't know. Predators. Uh, predators and, and killing bobcats in the yard. Pit bulls attacking. I'm telling you. <laughs> boy. Yeah, uh, but the beer is good. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that that got us rambling a little bit, Ooh, but, yeah, man, it was good. But that brings us on an hour. And uh, How about that? You know what's funny is we I, <laughs> I, I was so anxious to get into this beer that I just really, like, when we were done reviewing it, we both kind of looked at each other like, oh. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> we didn't agree on anything to talk about. That's all right, man. It's been working this far. I mean, <laughs> 10 episodes in. Yeah. Now, well, technically, well, we're 10 episodes in. We Yeah. Eight is the lost episode. Yeah, it's it's in the ether, but it, it's it's still valuable, so we need to count it. Um, it'll show its face. It'll rear its we'll ugly head at some point. Yeah. Boy, that's a bummer because that was a good uh, that was a good episode too. Yeah, I, I will put something together. I I could steal the audio from uh, the camera that sits next to Jay, mm-hmm. which uh, points at me, and I should be able to put something together. It, it might not be the you know the quality we're used to, but it might it, be worth it. I mean, the first half is is the uh, was the live was the first time we went live. Oh right, so, so some people have, have seen half of that. Yeah, and I have a lot of the audio. I was able to pull the audio from that. And, and fix it up a little bit. I have it on my computer. I could give you that. Uh, it might be worth something. I'm not sure, but uh, the second half was pretty good too. So yeah, where where we tell all the secrets of everything. That's it. It's the most valuable thing you'll ever hear. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll release it someday. Yeah, maybe. Only if you're good. Stay tuned. But I think that's it for now. Um, I think that it it is important if you enjoy the podcast right now i think that the next few episodes are going to be uh above average as far as the quality of the content especially the video content it it's it's going to work on both platforms audio and video absolutely i I think they if anything that if if we have anything that that comes out of this that is really uh above board it's a lot of the video clips uh, again, we've said it before, and I'll say it again. I mean, the, the little video clips have been, I've uh, gotten so much traction, and it's really been a blessing. Um, so, and, and they're they're cool because they're only a few minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't have to spend an hour listening to the podcast. I mean, thank you for doing so, um, but it's not necessary to get a bit of a taste of what we discussed in, in each in each episode. It gives you a nice little teaser. And, uh, you know, sometimes we roll some video into it, um, you know, which is, you know, adds a new dimension to it. And I think this new series that you're working on is really going to do just that. It's going to add uh, a really cool dimension to, um, you know, what most people see as a typical podcast uh, to roll this video footage in and, and have a conversation uh, around it is something that's pretty unique. So, yeah, it's pretty exciting to, to get, get involved with this next uh, next program, next project. Yeah. And it's got a lot of uh, I don't know what's the what's the right way to put it. It's a it's a roller coaster of emotion. Couple cliffhangers, yeah. Yeah, there's just there's true storylines. Uh, there's deer I have had encounters with for multiple years. Mm-hmm. So it you know it's you know some of the stereotypical deer chasing kind of stuff, but I have it pretty well documented. Absolutely, and go go check out Ghost if you haven't seen it yet. It'll make a lot more sense. Yeah, yep, that's true. And on top of that, I also have new bow coming soon. Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm still not going to say what it is. Jay knows what's coming. Yeah, uh, a few people know what what, what it if is. If you've been paying attention, you probably pick it up. Probably, yeah. Bridget just smashing everything upstairs. There. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the bow should be here soon. It better better be because. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's going to bring all kinds of new uh, talking points because of the people that were involved with making it happen and just kind of how it all went down. It's uh, it's a lot of stuff. So, Yep, there's no shortage of content coming yeah, your way. Yeah, uh, big things on the horizon. So I appreciate everyone tuning in and listening. And um, what would really mean a lot to us would be if you could give us a rating and subscribe to us on iTunes absolutely, or SoundCloud, either one. Super helpful. Um, YouTube YouTube is a good place to subscribe, and mm-hmm. you'll catch you know, the little previews of the, 
the episodes and the shorts and if you if you're into it subscribe and yeah facebook is solid you'll see a lot of stuff sons of the hunt on facebook you'll see a lot of the uh the video footage you can catch up uh with a lot of those and see what's coming down the pipeline so uh yeah thank you very much everybody uh 10 episodes down and uh hopefully many more to come yep thank you we'll see you